Rock Your Mic Right, podcast to the beat of your own drum. Brought to you by CarlyNimmo.com and Radcasters Podcasting School, where you can learn to podcast like a pro, from a pro. All right, let's go. What to do when you're in a creative slump. So this is some. This is actually a major hurdle for a lot of people getting into podcasting, and it's a major hurdle for a lot of podcasters. If we are creating our content, then often we feel like we need to be honouring our creative flow, and that doesn't necessarily work in a every Wednesday at six a.m. kind of way, right? It is a little more complex than that. And I see it get in the way of a lot of potential podcasters because they see that regular, consistent output as something that requires a lot of effort and is kind of a life sentence. And I get that. But having been producing Carlosophies every single week for the past five years, I have some thoughts and some insights into how we can honour our creative process and continually stay consistent with the way that we produce our show. Now, there are two different ways that I honour my creativity. One example is in Carlosophies. Carlosophies has always been one of those things that I haven't batched, I'm often recording it at the 11th hour and and that's okay. That is honouring the way that I flow. And it highlights something really, really important. Sometimes we tell ourselves that we need to be in a creative state in order to create. What I find is we need to almost train creativity in the way that we work best or the way that we want to work. You know, I used to be a creative writer in or a copywriter in a radio station. And I can honestly say that every project was delivered on time. We had deadlines and I'd often be writing up until the deadline, but it would get done. And if you were in a job and it was your job to get the shit done, you would very likely meet the deadline. And creativity would come through. It might be a little last minute and it might be a little pressured, but it would come through in the end. You would create what you had to create and you would get it out there. And often those things that we create under that pressure are the best things that we create because we're not in a state of editing. We're not in a state of uh, crafting. We're in a state of creation. Often with less of the critic due to the pressure around the time. So that kind of approach can work. We show up with a little bit of pressure and some parameters and creativity meets us. So I just want to throw that out there for those of you who feel like it would be really hard to show up consistently and so you're really struggling with that idea of committing to more frequent creation or more frequent content creation due to the fact that you're not sure if you will be able to be that creative all the time. What I have learned, particularly through an online course that I created called Find Your Freak, I did this in mid-2018 and it was a daily podcast for 31 days. And it was all about finding your frequency, living life on your terms and 
in alignment with who you really are, the truth of who you are. And it felt like a huge stretch to be able to podcast and have something to say every day for 31 days that hasn't already been said on my show. It felt like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? And sometimes during the creative process, it felt like that too. But I did it. And what I realized through doing it was that there is always something more that we can create. There is create creativity isn't a limited, it's like love. It's not just limited. It's expansive and infinite. And we can tap into it whenever we want, providing we're willing to show up for it. It is a bottomless well. It's not a finite thing. That's one element of it, right? Like creating with pressure can be a really great thing. Having deadlines can be a really great thing. And often, this is a really great analogy, right? Sometimes we avoid the thing that we know we love. And we stop creativity flowing because we're not showing up for it. And that can happen due to some underlying subconscious shit that's happening for us around how easy things can be, around how good things can be. I want to share an analogy with you around yoga. I'm not actually a yogi, but I know plenty of people who are, and I know this is something that every yogi that I know can relate to. (laughs) And you can insert whatever you love to do here. The hardest thing about going to yoga is going to yoga. (laughs) Know what I'm saying here? The hardest thing about going to yoga is getting off your ass and getting to that fucking class. So once and once you're there, it's like, oh my God, I love yoga. This is why I come here because I come out zen as fuck and I feel really great. So why did I have all this shit around going to yoga? The same can be said for podcasting. The same can be said for anything that we create, actually. We love doing the thing. We actually love the process of podcasting. We love speaking our truth. We love creating something that didn't exist before. But sometimes we're waiting for flow to hit in order for us to do the thing. When what we know is that when we go and do the thing, that's where we find the flow. So instead of sitting around waiting for your shoes to tie up their own laces and for your handbag to magically arrive to you so you can get in the car and drive to yoga, you would, it would require you to get up, put your shoes on, get your mat, get your keys, go down to the garage, get in the car and drive to yoga. The same thing is for anything. The way that we find flow is we get in the car and we drive. It doesn't happen when we're stationary. It doesn't happen while we're waiting for flow to arrive. We have to create the conditions that allow flow to find us. And I've gotten really good at this because I used to be one of those people who would wake up at like 1am, take a piss, lie in bed and like, all of the ideas would start flowing in and I'd be like, oh my God, I can't sleep now. Oh yeah, that's what I'll do. That's what I'll do. And then I'd wake up in the morning not having it written down and really regret that I, the fact I didn't have it written down because I no longer remembered what was so, you know, profound at 1am. And it happens if we think about where we find flow, it's generally not where a microphone is near. You know, we're in our car, driving along, massive download of ideas. We're in the shower, you know, oh my God, inspiration. We're swimming, we're running, we're doing things that we're creating space for creativity. 
And so what I ended up doing was training creativity to meet me when I was ready. And I know I haven't actually read Big Magic, but I think this is a concept in Big Magic from what I'm told. That idea of, you know, we 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 create the what we get to tell the muse when to show up. We can ask it to come at certain times. Often I'm standing behind my mic right before I need to get an episode of Philosophy's Live and I'm like, right, I'm here, flow through me. I know that sounds kind of esoteric, but that is the way creativity works for me. It's in the now. It's constantly now, 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 now. And if I'm waiting for it to strike, it's going to strike at inopportune moments, moments where I can't share. So instead, I create structure around it. Not structure in a uh, heavy feeling kind of way, but structure in the I hit record and I allow flow to, to come. And it is a committed relationship, me and creativity. I am here and it will show up. But while I'm waiting for flow, nothing really happens. So create conditions that allow you to form a better relationship with creativity so that it's not showing up for you at the most inopportune moments when you can do nothing with it other than have a few mindgasms. (laughs) Ask it to come at times and create the space in order for it to come at times where you can do the most with it. And often this will come through in ways that don't necessarily feel very inspiring. It's like that trip to the yoga class isn't that inspiring. It's kind of like a trudge. Oh, here I go, here I go. And then you get there and it's like amazing. Creativity can work in the same way where you may have a structured list of, or not a structured, but you might have a a spreadsheet of topic ideas and then you're looking at the topic ideas and you're like, oh God, none of this is inspiring me right now. I mean, I am a creator who creates in the now, right? So I have been known to sit down and map out a season of a show with a co-host and then get to recording it an hour later and be like, none of that inspires me right now. But I still show up and something does inspire me. So I'm honoring my creativity in that way. But sometimes it's just as equally as good to have that list of topics and then not be inspired by it, but still do something anyway. Still hit record and see where it takes you. And that depends on the way that you work too. For me, it is a hit record, free flow kind of situation. For a lot of people, they don't work that way. But I encourage you all to give it a go. See where inspiration takes you. Have a more loving, open relationship with creativity one where you can show up and trust it. Because there's one thing that dries up creativity quicker than anything else, and that is your critic. You know, why would creativity want to show up when the critic is there going, this is shit, this is crap, what are you doing? Shut up, shut up, shut up. Creativity isn't going to flow in those kind of environments. We have to create a better relationship between the critic and the creator. You cannot be the creator and the critic at the same time. You have to either commit to the creator or you have to commit to the critic. Which one are you going to commit to? And I know for me, it's the creator every chance. The critic takes a back seat because I've built up 
a great relationship with creativity. Through showing up for it consistently, through allowing it to come through without judgment, and through showing up for it all the time. What can you do in order to create a more loving relationship with creativity? What can you do to prove to yourself or build the evidence that it will show up when you need it to? And I feel like these exercises around like creating a list and just free-flowing on a topic aren't just, like that doesn't have to go out onto your podcast. I know not everyone's podcast is them free-flowing on their shit, right? That's my podcast. It's not for everyone. But what it does do is it helps you to get very clear on or clearer on what your message is, it allows you to start trusting what's coming through you more because this is when we impact people. It's when we find that magic relationship between you and creativity, those moments where you're covered in goosebumps. That's what we want to, that's what we want to craft. And that's not necessarily uh, created through allowing the inner critic to really stifle and smother and strangle creativity to death through judgment, through the creative process. So I guess what this exercise is about is freeing that up a little bit, getting you to give it a crack, see if you can suspend judgment while you're creating and see what comes out. Like I said, it doesn't have to see the light of day, but I do feel like you're going to craft a better relationship with your message, a better relationship with your conversation and a better relationship with creativity. So that's my thoughts today on creativity. Until next week. Peace out. Carly Nimmo signing off. Bye-bye now.